You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. Greetings, all. Alan Seiler. Howdy. And Veronica Daschle. Hi. Hi. Nope. Nope. Like, I wasn't even trying to do it too fast, and you just, you can't. You can't Whatever. Alan. Whatever. <laughs> I try so hard to be just like you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and who wouldn't? You right? Know? Okay, so you want to jump into some news? Yeah. Okay, well, let's see. We've got a few things to talk about this week. Uh, the first one is, of course, September 8th is coming up, and we got our first trailer for uh, this year's Star Trek Day. It's a pretty <laughs> epic is, trailer, too. Uh, right. And, you know, when it's to advertise you know, some Q and A's that they're going to do and stuff like that. And they make this epic trailer for it. And it's crazy. Yeah. Star Trek day is one of my favorite things that has come out of the whole CBS all access and Paramount plus uh, platform. It's just the coolest thing that they have embraced this and used it to really essentially make their own convention out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, it's kind of nice too. They have first contact day in April. And then yes. Star Trek Day in September. So it's like two little Star Trek holidays every year. Exactly. Uh, we have announcement of two new members of the Prodigy voice cast, that being Jimmy Simpson and John Noble. Mm-hmm. And they are playing two really interesting sounding characters. Uh, one is sort of Gwen's father. Um, it's described as her father in the, in the description, but it, it kind of says that he created her. Mm. So I'm not really sure what's going on there. Of course, no one knows until we see the episodes. <laughs> um, and then he's got a sort of sidekick, which is a, which is an all business, no nonsense uh, robot companion called Dreadnought, mm. who basically goes around and does uh, the other characters biddings to make sure that he stays on track. And they're basically hunting down this starship that our main cast has made off with. Yeah. And I'm sure to get Gwen back as well. Oh yeah. So that's exciting. That sounds like it's going to be really good. Yeah. Yeah. sounds like he's got a, a personal reason to find her, but also, yep. um, you know, sort of a, a lineage thing going on as well. Yep. Um, let's see. We also have um, Star Trek magazine looks like is completely rebranding and relaunching. Uh, They are now called Star Trek Explorer, the official Star Trek magazine. And issue number one is coming out uh, November 2nd. And uh, this first issue of this brand new magazine, which of course is the next issue of a magazine that's been around for a million years, (laughs) features all new uh, features and new fiction. There's going to be short stories included in it. Um, a special uh, Kirk mini magazine. Interviews with uh, Blue DeBario, Ian Alexander, David Cronenberg, and Michelle Paradise. 
So it's, it sounds like it's going to be, you know, more of the same, but different. Yeah. And now, did I read right that they're going to have two covers for every magazine, like two collectible covers? Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> oh, I thought I, that, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah I, yeah, I thought I'd read that. I might be mistaken about that, but I hope not, because then I feel like I have to buy two of every one of these magazines to get the covers. No, <laughs> right, right. And, yeah. In other news elsewhere, uh, Discovery season four has officially ended production. Um, Michelle Paradise tweeted that out a couple of days ago on the 23rd. Um, Season four is a wrap. They are now everything is moving into post-production where some episodes have already been. Um, And that will include the editing and the scoring and the effects and the uh, all this, all the stuff that goes on that we don't really see until the episode comes out and it looks spectacular. Hmm. So all the things making it look spectacular are about to happen. We're good on probably the back half of the season. So, right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And then we also have a brand new announcement that we just saw literally minutes before we uh, started our recording. (laughs) And that is uh, that there are some Trek series that are leaving Netflix and moving exclusively to Paramount Plus. Yeah. In the U.S. You know, it's, in the U.S., exactly. Thanks for that clarification. Um, nothing that isn't expected, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far, it is uh, original series. You'll have to tell me because I forget now. <laughs> the original series, uh, Enterprise and Voyager. Uh, right. Those were announced along with, you know, Netflix announcing what shows are coming and going in September. And those three Star Trek shows were on the list. So it's yeah, so uh, Next Gen and DS9 are still... At least for now, at yes. least for a little while, right. are still on the Netflix platform. Right. But, you know, there, there, there are so many other places that these things are peer, Hulu yeah. and other things. So, you know, I guess we'll be seeing them pulled off from all these other platforms. I, yeah, I would Ooh. guess so. I, I, yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on what the terms of the original licensing agreements were. Right. The, exactly. the, the, their old business plan was sort of to aggressively license Star Trek out to all these different platforms and things. And now that they've got their own platform, yeah. it looks like they're 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 changing course on that. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand it. I know I see, you know, they want if you like Star Trek, you better come to Paramount Plus, you know. Um, right. But I yeah, I hate for it not to be readily available to people who don't have Paramount Plus. I love people I agree. just to be able to just to watch Star Trek. I yeah, agree. I was because I was going to say the reason Doctor Who got big in America when it did was because it was on Netflix. Yeah. And people had access to the show. Oh, this looks kind of cool. Let's watch it. And yeah. it just grew from there. And when it went off Netflix is when I started, at least when I started noticing people saying about talking about the ratings going down or viewership going down or whatnot. Mm. Um, so. I'm interested because there's not it, or how you're not going to get new fans. They're just going to they're going to subscribe to CBS All Access. Exactly. If it's only there. Yeah. Exactly yeah. right. Now, exactly. They, they do also have Pluto, which they'll put free previews up on Pluto. Mm-hmm. And they're good about putting the first episode, for instance, of Lower Decks on YouTube and that sort of thing, uh, trying to hook people in to come check it out. But yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, they 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 know more about this business than I do. I just like to be able to queue it up on Netflix <laughs> and watch it. Uh, and I mean, I also like the Netflix interface better than the Paramount Plus interface, if I'm yes. being honest. So I like to be able to watch it on Netflix. I watch mine. How do you watch? I watch mine on Roku. Uh, Roku. Uh, we just have a uh, just like a regular smart, smart t- like a Sony smart TV. Yeah. Yeah. On 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 Roku. I mean, I, I just pull up Paramount. 
Mm. I mean, I use Netflix and Hulu and, and, you know, all the other surfaces for other things, but I, I don't think I've ever watched Star Trek on them. Mm. I always pull up Paramount Plus. Okay. I don't know. And I, I don't know. So I, I guess that's like a, a brand loyalty kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to watch it, I want Paramount Plus to get credit for it. Yeah, I want, like I want that, something you know? counter to know I watched it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's it, that's it for this week. One quick comment on that. It's funny to what you said is I prefer Netflix to all the three streaming services for a couple of reasons. Is I watch Netflix on my phone, on my tablet, on my Roku, on my Panasonic television, and on my Vizio television. And Netflix is far and away the most efficient streamer I've ever seen. It is much more forgiving of network problems than any other other streamers. And sadly, uh, I use Paramount Plus through Amazon. I do everything through Amazon. Paramount Plus, BBC, PBS, Masterpiece. I get them all through there. It's not nearly as good. So to the point, I, I have a much easier experience watching programs through Netflix than I do through Paramount Plus. And then at the same time, to your point, I know a lot of people who just can't afford all these different services. I know. You know, Netflix tends to be the one that most people have. So I yeah. hate going off of Netflix for that reason. That's Agreed. very interesting to me. No, I agree with you. Yeah, I'll cuss them out and follow them. That's the problem. Though. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but again, like we were saying, how do you attract new people to your shows if you aren't laying breadcrumbs for them out in the world where they are? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I, you know, despite what I do, uh, I work in IT and we do this. I, I, you know, I was just raised when you had an antenna and I just, there's so much of this, just, it just feels wrong to me. And I know it's just crazy <laughs> <laughs> and it will always feel wrong to me as much as I celebrate the technology. I hate this. I hate kind of having it gate kept in one place, yeah. but yeah, you know, I, you know, I was raised where you could watch the original series anywhere in the country mm. all the time. And I guess I still hold but on to not, that. But not on demand. That's true, right? Yeah, um, it, was just, it was just playing everywhere back in the day. Right. <laughs> the other thing is, we had uh, Discovery season one, which was broadcast on uh, over the air NBC. Mm-hmm. So, or, or CBS. I'm sorry. Um, so, is there a mm-hmm. chance that that may happen? You know, if they pull everything away from Netflix and those kind of services, are they going to filter some more of that, uh, you know, sort of back catalog out onto? their broadcast channel. I mean, will we get seasons one and two of Discovery next? Will we get season one of Picard over broadcast? Hope so. I mean, I think that's that's probably the best way to do it from that point. Yeah. Yeah. For the few people who watch broadcast still. <laughs> well, exactly. 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 Hands raised. <laughs> I mean, I still do for a lot of stuff. Yeah. I, I, I don't. There's literally but, nothing that... Does yeah, not. we don't even have our cable box hooked up. No. The only reason we have it is because our internet's a little cheaper. No, it's exactly <laughs> the same price to have the cable along yeah. with the internet. Yeah. Exact same price. But then yeah. I can subscribe to the service. I can get my free services yeah. <laughs> with it. But my problem with Paramount Plus and watching Star Trek is it doesn't always remember where you paused it. That's true. That is a huge yeah. problem. Sometimes for me. if when you have a resume, yeah. it starts the episode over. And yes. that's infuriating. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have many problems, but that's one of them. Yes. That is the biggest. That's my, that's why I go to Netflix when I'm going to watch it. Interesting. Okay. I've never had that problem. Oh, well, good. Uh, Maybe (laughs) it's a difference in the app then. Maybe it's the app for Sony TVs is different from the one for Roku then. Yeah, Yeah, maybe, maybe. Anyway. Okay. Well, Keith, did you have some this week in Trek for us this week? 
Yeah, just had a, a, just a few this week. August is a little bit busier month than some of the others have been. And, and primarily, what, one of the things I do look for is I look for noticeable or notable um, premieres and so forth. And I haven't really seen a lot of those. Uh, you could get into the weeds. Like I, when I look at a lot of these this day and Trek and stuff, I always find this really weird thing. Like it'll say this episode of um, the um, Spectre of the Gun premiered this day. And it'll say something weird like 1985. And I'm like, what? And then it'll say in Hungary <laughs> and stuff mm. like that. So <laughs> there was a whole bunch of weird premieres in other countries that I didn't get. But primarily just some birthdays and, and not many premieres, but one of them I thought was really interesting considering we've been talking about some of the older shows was on um, August 24th. And oh gosh, I didn't write the year down. I apologize for that. But August 24th is the birthday of Jennifer Lean. Okay. Oh, yeah. Who okay. Kess. Yeah. Kess on uh, Voyager. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think most people know her story. I think I feel, what do y'all think about Kess? I think she was a great character that never got realized well on the show. I think she was a great actor. She was really young. She was even younger than, than Garrett Wong. I think she was the youngest person on the, on the staff. Yeah. Asked. Uh, a fantastic actress, mature actress. Um, I just don't think they ever did, did anything with her. And I think they ran out of ideas of what to do with her. Yeah. Uh, she was born in 1974. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. I love Kess. Me I don't know too. what you're talking about. I love Kess. <laughs> um, but then I'm I'm uh, drawn to characters that exhibit some sort of mental prowess. Mm. Um, I'm also drawn to uh, characters that have a natural limitation on their mental prowess, which is like the most specific paradigm that <laughs> you know to love a character for. So. Even on uh, having seen nothing but Encounter at Farpoint, I already loved Troy just because of those two things. Right. When no one else did, I was on the Troy train. <laughs> awesome. Um, but Jennifer, I, I thought she, I thought that uh, Kess had a really interesting character um, uh, background. I thought that it was a neat thing, you know, because uh, the one thing that I think they didn't do well is the whole uh, Ocampans lived for nine years. Right. She was only on the show for four years, but she should, they should have done something with that. Uh, it should have been something more than mm-hmm. just, you know, what they, she should have aged and developed and grown and matured much faster. Like every season we should have seen significant change in her. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one missed opportunity, but other than that, I loved her. I agree. And, and the problem, of course, is, you know, the thing that you can never get away from is the very problematic relationship with Neelix, mm-hmm. because it oh, really I know. down to how old was she kind of, so she, at the end of the day, as you were just saying, Alan, if you look at her age, when she came on the show, she was in our human terms, she was really something like 18 to 20 at best. Sure. Yeah. Best. Yeah. Then they write that really weird episode where she basically enters the period of time where she can have a baby, <laughs> which is really creepy. And that, that just, it never worked. And I think after that, they didn't know what to do with her. And I, to this day, I don't really know if, I think, I think that the creators, the showrunners finally, could, they, they ran out of ideas for her. But then, of course, as we know in real life, Jennifer Lean has just had a whole bunch of problems. She has, um, she's, she's been struggling with mental issues and she, just has not been able to overcome those. Like I think I mentioned once before on a show, even last year, she was arrested for some issues. And mm-hmm. fortunately, yeah. her life has gone downhill. It's really sad, but she was such a great character, I think, on Voyager that was just never realized properly. Yeah. Yeah. I think with a, like a lot of Voyager characters, she was a great character when they made her a great character that week. 
And a lot of Voyager characters mm. would sort of fall to the wayside mm. for a while. And then when they write for them, though, they're great. Uh, we've talked about that with Chakotay and, and Harry Kim and a couple of other people. That's a very good point. No bad characters, just bad writing. Good, very good point. Uh, <laughs> moving forward, August 26, 1980. Um, he's the son of the guy who played the captain of the squad on ships. And does anybody know who that is? <laughs> I do. I could, okay. have guessed, I could have guessed that by his birth date, just because it happens right. to be uh, my sister's birthday is August 26th, uh, and I was born in 1980. Uh, but that would be Chris ah, Pine. Captain that's Kirk. it. Oh. Yeah. Yep. yeah, Captain Kirk. Oh, is, I gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Captain Kirk of the, what do we call it? The Kelvin verse. I call it the Abrams verse. Which is kind of Kirk, <laughs> Same but, thing. But, yeah, yeah. Chris Pine. Uh, have Have y'all liked him as Captain Kirk in the others? Mm-hmm. Yes. Universe? I do like him, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm alone in this. I don't really <laughs> care. Well, fine. That's, that's a whole other show we done. Okay, moving on. Chris Pine, as they say in Marvel Comics, Nuff said, I can't pronounce this name, but I thought it was rather uh, significant. August 27th, 1962, Vic Mignogna? 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 Mignogna. Yeah, Vic Mignogna. Uh-huh. He also Captain. plays Captain Kirk. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, he does. Star Trek continues. And am I correct that he's still playing that role? No, no. they've just they, they, they've stopped that series now. They had they did stop that yep. series. Okay. He was born in 1962. I have a lot of people who swear by this. One of my one of my brothers, for example, who the one who got me into Star Trek, he keeps yelling at me because I haven't watched Star Trek continues. Mm. Uh, so it's fun. I guess, okay, I guess it's something I need to watch at some point in time. <laughs> um, I'm a little bit behind on that. Um, Once we have a break in uh, in uh, new episodes <laughs> from Paramount, we need to go through maybe some of those. Yeah, yeah. that'd be fun. Yeah. It would be. I am, I am currently on three Star Trek series rewatches at the, <laughs> at the same time as I'm watching new episodes of Lord Dex. I don't know what I'll ever get to this time. You're going to have to put insane. a pause on some classic yeah, stuff there. Exactly. I know, right? Get some new content <laughs> in you. <laughs> yeah, we should always do this like a game because you guys are pretty good at it. 1928, Starsky and Hutch. Uh, this person's born on, 19, uh, on August 28, 1943. He started Starsky and Hutch. Uh, and, there's, and there's a Star Veronica, Trek connection? Yeah, Veronica, you're out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, Starsky and Hutch. Oh, oh, the guy who was in the Apple. Um, wow. I, I have, oh, I have, right. I have yes. this album even because he was on. Yes. Um, wow. Oh, what is great. his name? The one that was on the Apple. Yeah. David Soul. There you go. That's it. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I You're forgot that good. he was in that episode. Yes. He Holy was, moly. Yeah. David Soul, who, who really rose to fame in the, in the 1970s detective buddy series, um, Starsky and Hutch. He had an appearance as one of the villagers on um, on the Apple, as yeah. Charles said, and he was the one that there's no other way to say it. Basically, was getting interested in having sex with his girlfriend toward the end when basically Kirk reintroduced sin, quote unquote, into the village. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just start with kissing, and you'll figure it out. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, they started laughing. That's sex right. ed from Captain Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> a very, let's just say, a very interesting episode of Star Trek. But um, David Soul, if you see him in Starskin Hutch, he's almost unrecognizable in that in that episode. But I think well, it's he's really missing funny. his wig. Yeah, right. <laughs> Good point. Um, one more. I don't have a well. This guy, this guy has been everywhere, and I mean everywhere. August twenty eighth, nineteen fifty nine. One Brian Thompson was born. And for those who don't know who Brian Thompson was, I almost need to do a picture. But let's say in 
the original, the next generation episode where Riker serves aboard a Klingon ship for the first time. Um, this was the Klingon character who basically was telling Riker that his father was living on a farming planet. He wouldn't talk to him again. Oh. Uh, for those who might know, Brian Thompson is the really big guy. Has kind of almost looks like a Arnold Schwarzenegger stand-in. He's played mm. a serial killer in a lot of movies. He's been in the X Files. He has a really deep voice like this. Um, is he, he's is he a- the one who was also in Generations? That's one- the guy. Okay. Yeah. He's been he's been around like a million times. He's played a bad guy in like every TV series. He's been in 10,000 movies. He was like in every bad movie in the 90s. As a matter of fact, he was the he was the he was the leader of a serial killer cult in a movie called Cobra with Sylvester Stallone. Okay. That, uh, oh, I remember that. Remember that? That also has Sylvester Stallone's partner Garrick himself, Andrew Robinson. That's right. Oh, wow. And Brian Thompson was the serial killer in that cult. So if you've ever seen that show, you'll know who we're talking about. I think we should guess these more often. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think this, yeah, this is a great way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're pretty good at it. And, and one last thing, I hate to end on a, a sad note, but um, yeah. I posted yesterday, um, Eddie Paskey mm. died yesterday yeah. at the age of 81. And for those who may not know from the original series, Eddie Paskey was Mr. Leslie. And yeah. he was just, he was one of those people always in the background. He was always on the security team. He was all detailed. He was always in the hall. He was always doing something. He actually died in one episode and came back, which was <laughs> kind of funny yeah. uh, obsession. Yeah. And he was, I think one of the people in our, in our podcast mentioned the, 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 the picture that I posted was the one from where the, this side of paradise. And that's when the people get taken over by the spores. And it's the one where Kirk is telling him, get back to your post. And he says, I'm sorry, sir. We're beaming down to the planet. Kirk says, this is mutiny, mister. And he says real nonchalantly, yes, sir, it is. That's not the only speaking line he ever got. He was just one of those people who's always in the background to make you think that, to make you, make you feel like this is a real ship. Yep. You'd see him around and it, it brought a familiarity with, yeah, to it. Yeah. Like anybody who worked on Trek back in the day, he did a lot of Westerns and stuff like McMillan and Wife and Columbo and so forth. But great character actor. He'll be missed. I almost included that in the news segment, but mm-hmm. I figured yeah. that you would hit it in, mm-hmm. in your part. So I'm glad that you did. Got it. And that's it for this week in, uh, this week in Trek. Well, awesome. Well, then we'll take a quick break to promote our fellow ESO Network podcast shows. And then when we come back, we'll be in our discussion topic. So stay right there. Laboratory. Dr. Geek here with another reminder that the ESO Network is pro-science and pro-vaccine. We urge you to be a superhero and protect yourself, your family, and your fellow geeks around the world. Don't be fooled by the forces of evil and their anti-science misinformation campaign. Consult the latest CDC guidelines, your doctor, and get the COVID vaccine today. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I would say that E3 maybe isn't the event that it once was, but everybody still plans their event around the E3 schedule. Steven Spielberg could throw out a gum commercial and we'd all watch it because it's Steven Spielberg. Dragon Age 4 is carrying, I think, the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week. And right here on the ESO Network.
All right, and we're back. And this week we're talking about the, the third episode of the second season of Star Trek Lower Decks. We'll always have Tom Paris, uh, which is a cute title. I thought, th- yes, I thought that is. was a fun title for an episode. Absolutely. I-, I love it when they just put their spoilers right out there in the title. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just in case you missed the trailers, guess who's in this one? Right. <laughs> I remember exactly. when, when Doctor Who was doing that, um, just like putting it in the trailer. Yeah. Thing, the trailer. Yeah, and but the, and and the as advertised, Tom Paris turns up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> which would have been a letdown if he hadn't. But not just in plate form, but the real Tom Paris. So it is nice that we got real Tom rather than only plate Tom. Yeah, so, right. Now yeah. plate Tom is fun though. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. I I love it. And it sounds like since Voyager, or at least now, Tom Paris is on kind of a handshake tour around the fleet, telling stories about Voyager and appearing yes. on commemorative uh, plates. Excuse me, he's telling stories about Voy. Voy, you're Boy. right. I, Sorry, I wasted saves a ton of time. Actually, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, for a second, I was, I was, I was. For a second, I, I, for a second, I thought, given I'm watching Deep Space Nine and stuff, I thought, wait a minute, is there a war going on? Because he said he was on a handshaking tour to help with morale. Mm. Like, oh, do they need it? But <laughs> I guess well, it sounds so. like he's just. True. Oh. Yeah, there's oh, a pack there situation go. going on. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> uh, but it sounds like yeah, the Voyager crew are celebrities. You know, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, yeah. As they should be. I mean, they have a series of commemorative plates. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what you have to accomplish in Starfleet to be on a plate, but getting back in the Delta <laughs> Quadrant qualifies you. But last year well. we saw Ransom was on a plate uh, in Boimler's hmm. quarters, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure where the line is. I'm not sure. <laughs> but also, Ransom might have made that plate and gifted it to, Vo- to Boimler. So you know, you never yeah. know. That's true. Speaking of the plates and the crew, I thought the little, I thought the little dig uh, when Boimler says, "I have all the crew signature from Janeway all the way down to Kim." <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw that, and I thought that was hilarious. Well, I'm assuming he's going by rank. You know, you would go from yeah. the captain Ex- down to the ensign. Well, exactly. Yeah. Which which opens up a whole other side conversation is right. uh, he surely here he's not still an ensign. I actually thought Tom would have been a lieutenant um, a commander by now after seven years as lieutenant. I thought so too. Well, he did get de- he did get demoted at one point, so uh, that, you well, know, yeah, and then re promoted. So I, I mm-hmm. don't know. Um, I don't remember at the end of Voyager was he lieutenant junior grade or was he mm-hmm. uh, full? I lieutenant? think he was. I think he was a lieutenant. Okay, yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought everybody would have gotten a promotion after seven years. Janeway went up to Admiral, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. In wow. one alternate future, Kim, I think, was captain of his own starship going on a long deep space mission, which I thought was mm-hmm. kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I, thought that, I thought it was really funny to see Tom. And I, and I think the one thing about the show, I got to say, I'm I'm more impressed with the show this year, this season and last season even. Okay. Three episodes, and they're, they're, they're really good. I mean, it was a stellar episode. And even like the little things when um, when Paris said, "Can I take the?" I, I paraphrase. He said, "I can take the helm." And she has that really corny joke about just don't strand us in the Delta Quadrant. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he didn't even laugh or roll his eyes. I was very disappointed in that. Well, yeah, <laughs> and it was played like a mom joke. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yes. okay, you know, like they all had right. kind of a look on their face. But yeah. uh, I, I like seeing Tom. I like I like that the Voyager crew is famous. You know, and mm-hmm. and I, I I like the plates interactions with Boimler even. <laughs> I want to say that, uh, and this is jumping forward a little bit, but uh, when uh, Paris first got mentioned uh, amongst the lower decks, it took about two and a half seconds for the salamander to be brought up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. Loved I mean, it. You turn, you turn into one salamander and no one lets it go. And, right. <laughs> There's apparently it's happened, happened to multiple people, as we saw last Yeah. Time. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> yep. Right. Uh, but he was first. Tom Paris yep. was the first one. That's his feather in his cap. Yep. 
Uh, and then we got a few, uh, actually three different sort of storylines going on yeah. this, this week, which is a lot for such a short episode. Um, yeah. yeah. But I wanted to kind for, of start with exactly for 25 minutes. Yeah. I wanted it's... to kind of start with Shaq's. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, um, as sort of a, a like an introductory blanket kind of thing, uh, I, the thing that I loved about this episode was it it addressed things that um, we have talked about, that mm -hmm. fans have talked about, and yes. you don't really expect to get addressed on screen. Right. Um, and Shaq's is one of them. So yeah. Shaq's just comes walking out. You know, he's just like, <laughs> here I am. He's just in lunch. Yeah. yeah. And and it's so interesting to see this from the lower deck perspective. Yeah. Because were this show any of the other shows, you would have gotten a story about how Shaq's comes back mm -hmm. into the fold. <laughs> but no, you're the lower decks and you have no clue. Right. That was brilliant. Yeah. And we were just talking about how Mr. Leslie died in an episode and he was back. You know, and yes. you yeah. imagine in Starfleet, but hey, I was at that guy's funeral. I didn't, I didn't know he was back. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did y'all have any idea he was coming back? I had no clue. I don't no, know. None at all. His he name had, was still in the, in the main title sequence. Well, he was in the main uh, title sequence, and he's been spotted and sort of passing in some of the trailers. I've seen screen caps where why is Shaq's visible oh, in this in this wide shot of the crew and that kind of thing. Um, but then also, like Veronica said, Fred okay. Tadashiore is still in mm -hmm. the main credits. So we're, but I mean, it's a voice actor. He could very easily have been exactly. playing additional roles. Exactly. Um, or it could have been an episode where some shacks was going on. So we really didn't know. But I, I love the way they played it, where he just shows up getting his lunch. He's got a hot dog and fries. And they're like, hey. Kiwi. <laughs> yeah, kiwi. kiwi ketchup. Was there kiwi? There was kiwi yeah. ketchup. Ugh, kiwi and I had, ketchup. I had kiwis today to celebrate. <laughs> but I'm not eating no kiwi ketchup. I'm gonna eat my kiwis whole. Thank you very much. Hey, Shax has been to some dark, see some dark things. So yeah. uh, maybe kiwi yeah. ketchup is how you cope. Yeah, because when when, when when Rutherford is completely stunned and expresses just shock at him there, then um, Beckett Lily just says, "Yeah, who messes with ketchup? Like, how can he be alive?" She goes, "Well, his taste buds didn't come back or something to that." <laughs> right. And everybody else is he's freaking out. Everybody. Yeah. Like, uh, they even said bridge officers always come back from the dead. They don't tell us. And he's literally freaking out. And I'm literally freaking out. Like, Wait, seriously, what? What? What's going on? If, if for one brief second, I thought maybe it was because you know, I try not to know anything about the episodes at all. Mm -hmm. I thought for one brief second, his implant was causing him to see some weird kind of. Yeah, uh, like a flashback. <laughs> That's a good point. Like, yeah. And they're like, but we don't know. Everybody's talking about it. Even Boimler is like, yeah, it always happens. Then that long list of the ways he probably came back. <laughs> yes. That was amazing. That yeah. was amazing. They freaked him out more. Yes. <laughs> and, and it makes sense that that would bother him because Shaq's died saving him, you yeah. know, and whether he yes. remembers all of it or not, he knows that Shaq right. gave his life to save him uh, right. heroically. Yeah. So for him to just walk into the mess or into the, into the bar, it would be pretty, or where were they at? The mess hall or the bar? Hello. The mess hall. The same place. Yes. Either way, yeah, same place. Because <laughs> that was where that was where that line was getting longer and pissed off because the computer didn't recognize pointer. <laughs> right, <laughs> he kept right. asking for food. <laughs> yeah, everybody so, was standing in that one line. So if we have Shaq's back, what does that mean for our Tamarian? Right, that we got there. introduced to last week. Yeah, he's still but, there. But but doing what? Right, is, is I mean, is, is he, he maybe he's still uh, head oh. of security, but on the second shift or third shift? Maybe oh, or maybe okay. there's going to be an ongoing storyline with those two. Maybe, yeah. you know, maybe it's going to be interesting it's to see. Not fair if you get a promotion and then the guy you're replacing comes back from the dead. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like a placeholder. Yeah. I, I love that sequence where Rutherford was sort of daydreaming about Shrax or Shaxx. Oh, and, gosh. 
the mirror uniform and he was dressed like neelix in one yeah. of them and uh the, a borg a borg yep. yeah yeah and then what was the what was the 19th century cat hat uh costume he had on like almost a top hat on what i don't was know that about? Uh, was he looked that like Lincoln, somebody... maybe? yeah I, I couldn't <laughs> figure out what that was about and yeah you're right they had the board costume then he had a mirror universe he had mirror kirk's uh, shirt on the mirror universe and he has all these sort of right? lines going on and one of them is what was up with the paul's haircut <laughs> <laughs> that one what year? i didn't hear that yeah that goes by real quick when he's oh. saying all those different overlapping yeah lines. and i see i get home uh about <laughs> almost seven o'clock mm. so i have time to grab dinner uh fire up the episode watch it one time and then jump on our thing right uh so i don't get to go back and and like pause and and re-watch and i wanted to go back and hear all those <laughs> lines that he said and i didn't get to yeah i didn't catch well, all of yeah. them but i caught i caught the to paul to paul's haircut that's line. hilarious yeah. that's some of the things he said was he said i fought my way out of the multiverse and then he says no i'm a board and then another one he says a microscopic, a microscopic civilization rebuilt me and used my energy in a tiny Dyson sphere. I heard that was amazing. I love that one. And then when they all start babbling to your poor, one of them yeah. goes, resistance is futile. And then another one goes, mirror, mirror, mirror. And then the other one goes, what was up with the Paul's hair that one year? And then one goes, in the Nexus, it's always Christmas. Whatever the hell that's all about. <laughs> well, it was for Picard. It was Christmas in the Nexus. Yeah, I, it was. it was great. Uh, I watched the show twice to the point, Alan, and then I actually wrote all that stuff down. Uh, I see that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I and was of course you would do that. Yeah. I, it, I was truly laughing out loud. It was, yeah. it was really funny. Uh, yeah. That was great. Well, then, like you said, Keith, while this is going on, Boimler's having some trouble getting back. <laughs> the Cerritos doesn't recognize him. The Cerritos doesn't know him anymore. They yeah. increased their security protocols and he can't get lunch. He can't get the doors to work. He's having a tough time. <laughs> yeah. And I thought I thought the security thing was funny because one thing I noticed was that you notice that the doors close really fast, and maybe that's yeah. a security measures. Kind of like when you do those parking lot things where only one car can go through before the arm comes back. Because <laughs> yeah. so one time his hand gets caught in the door. Yeah, he's trying to get through. And then I like when he was in the mess hall and it gave him um, what's the bonsai word? tree? Thank you, the bonsai tree. And he was like, oh, and he just kind of walks away. He just takes it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was great. Yeah. And uh, he goes on a bit of a quest to, to make it to the bridge to see Tom Paris. Right. Yeah. Oh. Only 200 rungs to go. <laughs> and when he, he says, yeah. <laughs> and he finally does make it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, quite an ordeal. He yeah. talks to the plate a little bit. The plate gives him some good advice. <laughs> yeah. Those plates are, ma are made to last. No, yeah, yeah, apparently so, are durable. <laughs> Don't try this at home. No, but I absolutely loved it that when he finally got onto the bridge, Tom Paris looks around and confuses him with the Kazon. Mm -hmm. Yes, that was great. Holy cow, that was amazing. That was great. Uh, Tom may be dealing with some Delta Quadrant PTSD if he's no, yeah. the first guy with crazy hair and he jumps <laughs> <laughs> on him. For some reason, when I first saw Boimler lying there like that, I, I thought Keith Richards. For just a second. For some reason with the hair and the head. I want to know why his uniform was torn up like that in the first place. <laughs> like, was there any reason to do that at all? Just, just his own delirium. Mm. I guess so. You're right. I mean, you have to make your headband out of something. It's got to be, you know, your your tunic <laughs> from your uniform. 
Especially when your your hair grows that much longer while you're crawling so. through the holiday. Cr- right, no, exactly. I'm not turbo lift the Jeffries tubes. The Jeffries, yeah, yeah. yeah. But what was funny is when when Tom fired up the engines in the section where he said nobody would be firing them up, and he starts screaming. He starts going emergency override, emergency override. The computer does the uh, authorization, not recognizing. He goes, mm-hmm. "You don't need authorization in an emergency." <laughs> <laughs> That's <was> great. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. We've all been we've all been involved with that kind of security as well too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you imagine it'd be infuriating if you're on a ship where so many things are automatic, and yeah. but yeah. also just he's trying to adjust back to the Cerritos, and like you said, the Cerritos doesn't even know him anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, so I'm glad that he got that resolved. But I thought that was an interesting way to sort of make what he was going through, you know, coming back to the Cerritos physical. You know, something that we can yeah. that we can see. And mm-hmm. uh, but right. while that was going on. Uh, we got Mariner and Tindy on an adventure together for the first time. And that yeah. was the other thing that they actually acknowledged yeah. in dialogue <laughs> on screen, the, the pairings that we had all first season mm-hmm. and, the, and the characters that never paired up. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the fact that there was all this stuff that they didn't know about each other, that they're like, well, Boimler knows everything about me. And, and Rutherford, I've told him all this stuff. And I, I really enjoyed the, that that was actually acknowledged that they weren't just, you know, it would have been nice had they simply been paired up to mm-hmm. go onto a mission, but they actually took the time to address the way everything sort of played out in the first season. And they good. used it. Like, and used that, it. Was, yeah. that was like the part of the story. Yeah. They didn't know each other. <laughs> yeah. They used it in a, in, a, in a form of character development where they right. both kind of learn or admit things about themselves that they wouldn't have done otherwise. And I, I yeah. really, I really enjoyed that. That was my favorite part of the episode. Yeah. 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 Ten, our Mariner didn't even know Tindy's first name. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah exactly. <laughs> I just and thought I, you were Tindy. One name like Odo. <laughs> like Odo. Yeah. And then she calls out, she, she goes, she, she calls out her name, Beck. And she goes, Oh, now you're just showing off. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> But, oh but doesn't God. doesn't Odo have a first name? Yeah, Odo has a last name. It's last E-tall. name. Okay. But actually, they've talked about that in interviews because that was something that um oh the actress who plays Mariner, whose name I just forgot, and I listened to uh, her Tawny podcast. Newsom. Tawny Newsom. She actually came back to uh, Mike McMahon about that because she was oh, like, that no, was this the one is she wrong. was talking about. Yeah. Odo does have a last name, and people are going to call us out for it. And he was like, No, no, it's funny. It's just Odo. And she said, fine, when people come at me on the internet, I'm going to send them your way. Wow, that's great. <laughs> Good I, for her. I love that these discussions change. are happening uh, behind right. the scenes as they're making the show. That Right. Technically, Odo Etal is his, is his full name. <laughs> Means huh. uh, unknown sample. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, so Odo is just unknown or is, or is Odo sample? I, I don't speak Bajoran. Anyone else speak Bajoran? <laughs> All right, Bajoran speakers, uh, you need to let me know. Yeah. Is Brian he is know. he unknown or is he sample? <laughs> I think I, and the name, the language was Cardassian that he was named. Oh, from. that's me. That's true. okay. That's Cardassian. True. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I certainly don't know what Cardassian at all. <laughs> well, in that case, <laughs> Odo yeah. sounds like it would mean uh, like a nothingness or an, an, an yeah. unknown quality or something. True. So that's okay. where I'm going to go with it. Okay. And I, I thought that's it was like I thought it was funny when the doctor sent her on the mission and she was looking all frazzled and her hair was kind of, her fur was kind of messed up and she was yeah. scratching and rubbing real hard and, and they later figure out, well, what they think it was. <laughs> they, they <laughs> the the, the Cation libido post and they thought yeah. she was going, and then Tandy mentions that she, that basically her people go through a, a yearly, mm-hmm. kind of similar to the Vulcan Pond Far. They, mm-hmm. they go in heat. Yep. Yeah, yeah, basically right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but they go to a lot of, um, or several 
I thought that was places great. we've seen before. You've got Quaylor yeah. Two. You've got uh, yep. the Bonestall Recreation Facility on Starbase Earhart. Yep. Uh, and then uh, just an an Orion Den, you know, <laughs> which oh, that was great. Yeah, right. I I, I did like seeing Tendi back among Orions because we've really right. not seen that, and right. we need to see more of that. Yeah, I really yes. enjoyed seeing her relationship with other Orions, particularly her brother. Yeah, or cousin, or whoever it was. Right, um, the one with yeah, the biceps. I, I that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought that was really, really interesting, and I would love to see more of that. Yeah, and it seems like amongst Orion, she has to sort of play the Orion role, you know, that she says herself. Yeah, she's not that comfortable with. I love seeing that other side of her. Yeah. It's not really an other side of her. It's what she has to Well, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's it's her adopting her background Mm -hmm. out of necessity. Right. I, I thought that was really interesting. Oh, yeah. And I also want to point out that uh, Chuck did not think it was possible to jump between all those things. So he pulled out his stellar, stellar t- cartography and we looked for the um, Earhart um, station on the map to try and figure it out. Well, we could not find it on there. Yeah, but Starbase we decided Earhart it is, is not listed in stellar cartography. But my problem with it was, and that's a, a problem <laughs> I had with the episode, was that you get you leave on a shuttlecraft and they're going to multiple planets while they're out on the shuttle. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the things about this kind of a show, whether right. it, Right. Whether it's Lower Decks or whether it's the Orville, you want to satirize and sort of parody the universe. But they're also trying to tell an actual science fiction story. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I was curious if they had, you know, if Quaylor 2 and Starbase Earhart happened to be right next to each other. Because mm-hmm. you're going, you can't take a three-week trip out to some other <laughs> right. star system, you know. <laughs> right. They're waiting for you, you on the ship. Y'all never, call the TARDIS. Me, y'all never call me out again for my scientific <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of that one. <laughs> I also want to say, though, that uh, any time you watch an episode and someone is going to pull out a stellar cartography <laughs> map know, right? to check locations, it's going to be Chuck. Yeah. It's yeah. like the Chuckest even, thing I've ever heard. I didn't even think of doing that. You got me, Chuck. I didn't even think of that. Well, and, and just so you know, I also looked up the, the USS Cerritos MSD, which is the, the sort of layout uh-huh. of the ship, because uh-huh. he drops out of the of the Jeffrey's tube onto the bridge. Yeah. And, and generally, the Jeffrey's tube at the top, yeah. but... On the Cerritos, there are rooms above the bridge. The bridge is not the very top of the ship. So okay, they passed. Good to know. <laughs> but you can all sleep which, easier tonight. Which is actually smart because the silliest thing that you've ever seen in the Starfleet design is to have the bridge on the top of a saucer section where it's really exposed to yeah. right. being blown up, which is kind right. of fun. So I but thought that was, I heard yeah. Doug Drexler address that one time, and he said his, their justification is I mean, if your shields are down, it doesn't matter where they hit the ship with an antimatter torpedo. You know, it, the, the bridge could be any place because it's going to tear right through the ship, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So at, at least they've thought about it. But right. Supposedly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. See, when you were saying the thing about the pirate play, I thought it was funny because when, T- when uh, Tindy really went off on uh, Beckett, a mariner, and she basically says, I, basically, I can't keep making mistakes like you or something like that. And then she says, especially because. Um, it's really hard for Orion. Most people think that we're just thieves and pirates. And then she goes, hey, wait, I have an idea. I have a cousin who works in a thieves den on a pirate planet. Yeah. <laughs> and Mariner yeah, said, if, if you're not worried about the optics, that's fine with me. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. So how, do, she, how, do I, how do I blend in? Just talk like a pirate. Oh, gosh. Arr. <laughs> Arr. <laughs> and I, I, oh, she, my God. She turned her green to blend in, and she was like, just yeah. don't take any pictures of me. Right. <laughs> you don't need that surfacing later. 
And that, and that one fearsome looking guy said, why are you talking like that? And she says, allergies. I'm allergic to, I'm allergic to pheromones. He goes, oh, yeah, it's really bad this time. This time of year. <laughs> and then later on, when she, her color changed back, he literally goes, hey, you don't have allergies. <laughs> That's <just> great. <laughs> Such a funny show. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we think it stacked up? I mean, as far as the, the, the first three episodes of the season, is it is it building? Is it up and down? How, how's it how's it striking you up all of them up yeah i think it's been i think it's been very consistent yeah, yeah. I, I think so I, too I, I did feel a little up and down the first half of season one mm. yeah and, and part of that is just because you are getting used to mm-hmm. what they're doing as much as they're you know building what they're doing yeah um, but this one i i just feel like everything has been incredibly i mean everything's been hitting yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I thought one thing that was funny with it, you know, ever since the Orion pheromone thing was introduced in Enterprise, I mean, they really leaned into this because um, when um, when when they were basically found out, and Beckett says, you know, do do that voice again. She says, I can't do it based on everybody. When you've got a crowd, a mob, and then when they're trying to climb and they're about to get them, she actually says. You stop this. This is not nice. And then the guy goes, okay, hey, no, wait a minute. And so yeah. he instantly overcomes the pheromones again. And I love it when Mariner says to her, she says, she wouldn't do that. I'm not that kind of Orion. And um, then she says, hey, can you juice it up a little bit? <laughs> and, yeah. and, and one other thing I do have to mention with the pheromones was the was the whole, my God, the Nausicans. Yeah, that's uh, true. Nausicans are all, I wrote down literally, why would anybody in their right mind play a game with a Nausicaan any? <laughs> All they do is accuse mm-hmm. you cheating. That's all they do. And when Tendi was taking too long to do that, is that jump drop? Jump drop? Jump drop? She was taking. Yeah, when she was taking too long, he pulled a knife on her. I mean, yes. <laughs> I, I, I love when the Tellerite guy says, "Hey, I just rejotted that table." Yeah, <laughs> whatever that means. Right. I know, right. right. <laughs> and that's when the guy said, "Orion, you're using your pheromones to trick us." And then she goes, "I'm not that kind of an Orion." So I thought. <laughs> But the Nausicaa's, I'm not tired of them yet. Just like the Packlets, they have really found a way to take kind of minor species mm-hmm. and just make them funny so far. Yeah. 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 Good episode. Oh, we, hadn't, we didn't talk about the very last thing that happened. That this whole mission that the two of them were on, they was not actually for the ancient artifact <laughs> from no. her family. The cat wanted the box. Yep. Yes. That is the funniest damn thing I have ever seen. And I thought, okay, well, the, you know, her her ancient artifact scratching post thing is is destroyed, but she can always still use the box. You know, but right. no, she actually used the box like a cat would use the box. That was the <laughs> most funny thing. Yep. But the true. thing is, you could just replicate a box. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the one from your home planet that you send an ensign on a dangerous mission. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know enough about Cation pheromones and, <laughs> and, and mating drives. I don't know what they need. That's just hilarious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought that was funny. You could, and then at the end, you could see her. You could just see the tip of her tail sticking out of the box. Yeah. Waving around. And her her uh, her medical staff, they looked. They kind of looked and bucked their eyes for a second. Then they went back to normal. I guess, like, maybe they're, I don't know, maybe it's not a surprise for them or something like that. So. <laughs> well, it is an annual thing somehow. Yeah. Right. I don't know what box she used last year, but. <laughs> when someone going to use a, a a red laser pointer on her? Oh yeah, oh. yeah, that's got to come at some point. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I'm surprised it didn't oh, come yeah. in season one. Oh yeah, when the board come on. Sh- <gasps> yeah, when the board come yeah. on the ship. The- yes. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Good call. That would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> 
That would be awesome. Oh, that's going to be so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but yeah, to answer your question, Charles, I thought it was really good. And I just, it's just the, the three episodes that they're knocking it out of the park to me so far. Um, and I'm really amazed how they just take all these different characters and their Easter eggs and they're just, just bringing all this, this these little minutiae from the Star Trek series and they seed it throughout the show and it works. I mean, so far I haven't rolled my eyes at, oh God, fan service. Kind of it works. So I was very, very, I watched the show back to back immediately. So I watched it twice in the space of an hour. It's really fun. Yeah. We got up this morning and watched it um, as our, though, <laughs> as we do now uh, and then watched it again this evening. I, I didn't care for it as much this morning. I don't know. The, the jokes didn't land for me and I was bothered <laughs> about the shuttlecraft thing, uh, but I watched it again this <laughs> afternoon. Hey, it's like if you're watching a movie and they're in new york and there's like hey i'm gonna swing by miami real quick you're like wait right it breaks the universe you know it absolutely does i agree with you but like i said those planets may be very near each other i don't know but um this afternoon i i I, I liked it more so maybe it was just the mood i woke up in this morning (laughs) (laughs) all right alan did you want to go over to the question of the day or question of the week. Do we have a title for this? <laughs> oh, sure. Okay. So this week's question of the week, which that's a little redundant. So the question of the week uh, comes from Vandy Beth Glenn, one of our regular listeners. <laughs> and she would like to know our top five godlike aliens. Ooh, is it five a piece or five as a group? I'm going to go with five a piece. I'm going to okay. go with Q and Q Jr. Okay. Um, godlike. Which what other godlike ones are there? <laughs> There's tons of them. Uh, all, all the wormhole aliens. They're that's the prophets. Yeah, there we go. All the wormhole aliens. Okay. Q Q Junior and all the wormhole aliens. That's your five. Yeah, because okay. really just really just Q and Q Junior are like all five. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's gonna take me a second to think of that one. Okay, I'll go next then. I will say, because I'm gonna, I'll use my own interpretation of godlike, and I will say Landrew, Vol, yeah, uh, Gary Mitchell, um, the Squire of Gothos, Trelane, hmm. and Charlie X. Oh, I didn't think about oh. Charlie X. Um, I was kind of thinking that she, like, like we should all put together our collective top five. Okay, because I don't have five. Okay. Uh, well, now that got? you say Charlie X, I really love that. I wish I'd thought of that. Okay. Um, and so I was, I was actually thinking of uh, the wormhole aliens, yeah. the prophets, mm-hmm. um, because I, I found them so, uh, they, they did so many really interesting things with them and they never actually personified them. They did in the sense of showing uh, the crew members, uh, like stand-ins for them as a way of communicating with someone, but you never actually saw who they are or right. what they are. And since there are a lot of them, they will all be my top five. <laughs> there you go. I loved it. The prophets were interesting too, because they were non-linear and didn't understand the universe in the same way we did. And we haven't, we've seen you know, like beings like Q who exist outside of time. Right. But then right. we haven't really, but Q understands mm-hmm. time though, you know, whereas the, yeah. the prophets were sort of puzzled by it. And I, I just love their line to Cisco where he says that his wife's death happened in the past. And then they say, well, why do you exist here? <laughs> you know, because, he, because he couldn't get past it. I, I just love that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Keith, what do you got? Um, to your point, um, I think most of what y'all mentioned covers most of mine. I would also add the Telosians if we haven't mentioned okay. those. Already. Oh, good because- point. 
Yeah, because the you know Chelogian is one of those races where sometimes I think they you know like I guess it's almost like Superman you have to give them kryptonite because if you think about the original series the Chelogians were causing illusions across dozens of light years of space that's oh, yeah? that's pretty doggone powerful um, right and then when I was growing up in the science fiction world like Lost in Space and stuff the concept of aliens or beings calling illusion was incredibly common and it was always a matter of if you just told yourself it was an illusion you could break mm-hmm. the illusion. And when this one, you couldn't do that with the Telosians. You could you could know it all day long, but you were going to feel it. And I, and I think that they're incredibly powerful. I would like to oh, see yeah. some of them. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. So I think we've got at all least right. five. Do we want to put together a top five or leave it at that? Let's leave it at that. Okay. Okay. Well, I think it, it has been up, stated. <laughs> it's ended up being around 10 between the four of us. Okay. Yeah. Wait, you had yeah. five. I had uh, so two, thanks. five, seven, eight. You good? Yes. Okay. It's eight. That's my number. Oh. I'm good. <laughs> okay. So thank you, Vandy Best, for giving us a great question. We will yeah. have someone else's question next week. All right. So we're all going to be making some appearances at Dragon Con uh, coming up here Labor Day weekend. Uh, so rather than just going out on, you know, where you can find us on the internet, maybe where you can find us in person coming up here soon. That sounds so weird to say. So long. Yeah. It's been so long since we've been able to say, where can you find us in person? Well, actually, on our podcast, we've never said that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, let's see. So I'm, I've got uh, panels every day, most of them uh, as usual in the Brit track. I have one uh, Star Trek panel. It's my first one, uh, and I'm so excited to do it. It's uh, Star Trek Essays, which is Friday at 1130 a.m. I'm very much looking forward to that. I've got a number of Doctor Who ones. Uh, one of the ones I'm most looking forward to is saturday at seven o'clock i don't even know what track it takes place in but it's uh it's called scary monsters bowie Mm. and horror okay and i'm moderating it i am a an enormous bowie fan like his outside album from 1995 which is bizarre (laughs) can't wait to talk about that uh got a music panel on sunday uh four o'clock from omd to duran duran 40 years of new wave so that's going to be awesome. And the, most of the rest of it is Doctor Who panels. Awesome. Can't uh, wait now, to see people. Yeah. Yeah. As mentioned, I don't have any my schedule in front of me. Apologize. I have I have nothing in front of me right now. Okay. Well, yeah. Before, um, you know, before DragonCon gets here, I mean, make sure you post your schedule to the group so everybody can see where, the, where to find you at DragonCon. Hilton, so. Hilton 2 and 3. Galleria 2 and 3. That's the Trick Tracks room. And Hilton 5 for the Brit Track room. There you, you go. Because that's where Alan's going to be. And I know Keith is going to be in the truck truck room. Okay. And that's where they are. Okay. Well, where are you guys going to be? Yeah. We've got a, a show in the puppetry track uh, Friday at 10 a.m. Friday at 10. Yep. That's going to be our Batman show. Uh, the Bright oh, Night fun. Returns. Nice. Uh, then we're doing, all, then we've got Saturday off and we'll be doing two shows on Sunday. We'll Star Trek show in the truck room uh, at one o'clock. Yep. And then mm. uh, Doctor Who show in the Brit track at 830. 8.30. 8.30. Yep. Nice. So, yep. come, yeah, come find us. And we'll, and we'll also be volunteering. If you don't like the parade, come by the puppetry track merch table. We'll be volunteering there if you just want to stop and say hey. And there will also be a lot of handmade items from great puppeteers uh, that are selling. Including us. Their, yeah, uh, we'll be there too. <laughs> <laughs> and and I will, will some of the new finger puppets be there? Oh, yes. I have like bags of them. I haven't put them together yet, but I've been sharing them and I'm so excited. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Um, but cool. you can actually also find me on Thursday. I will be at Badge Pickup 
uh, pretty much all day with exception of a little lunch break and um, a break to uh, record next week's podcast. <laughs> so I will be podcasting live from Dragon Con, yeah. sort of. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we got to figure out how to do that. <laughs> we should we should all get together somewhere and yeah do it together oh, oh yeah that's true we, we got the whole weekend we could get together and record <laughs> yeah oh we're doing that now <laughs> I, I already ordered a I thing it. where i already I ordered it. a thing where you can plug uh, you can plug it into the end of our mics and plug it into your phone and then you plug our head fancy headphones in and you can hear it. So okay. all I need is my phone. We'll, we'll test that before Dragon Con yes, to make sure that works. That. Yeah. It comes Sunday. I'm very excited. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, awesome. All right. So Veronica, did you have a closing for us this week? I do. This is how we kick butt in the Delta Quadrant. <laughs> we need a talking plate that says that. <laughs> right. That, that, that would be awesome. Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.